What's up, everybody? It's your old friend, John Middlecoff. I'm here to tell you about our friends at Game Time. Here's what I need you to do. Go to your smartphone, download a little app called Game Time. Baseball season's in full swing. Oracle Park. Been there a million times. Never doesn't live up to the hype. Go get yourself some garlic fries, a brewski, maybe uh, some ice cream. They have very good Ghirardelli ice cream there. And when you do that, promo code HAM. So download the Game Time app. Your first pair of tickets, promo code HAM, H-A-M, save $20. The A's, only going to be in the Bay Area for the rest of this season. You probably can basically go for free. Just buy a pair of tickets to any baseball game. They also have comedy shows if you want to check one of those out, or concerts. Game Time app, promo code HAM, save yourself $20. We don't even need to thank you. Just hammer that promo code. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. This Haberman and Middlecoff segment is brought to you by Ease.com and EaseWellness.com. Promo code HAM. Also, our friends at MyBookie.ag. Promo code HAM1. That's promo code HAM and the number one. And DraftKings. Download the app. Get in our game. Use the promo code HAM. How about SeatGeek? Friends, they're back on board. Promo code HAM, download the app, SeatGeek, promo code HAM. Now to the segment. Jimmy Garoppolo, week one, we talked about the game. He was not impressive. Defensive line was. But uh, chicks don't dig the defensive line. They dig the quarterback. And uh, more than what the chicks dig, Kyle Shanahan is who's important here. So was this yesterday or was this Wednesday? This was yesterday. Mike Mike Silver. Silver. Yep. Want me to bring it up? His network, NFL Network, Davis, California resident Mike Silver, and says, uh, go ahead, you set it up. Richard Sherman playing a monster game, and you saw the impact already with Nick Bosa and D. Ford now teaming with DeForest Buckner. They've got a lot to be happy about. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, you saw the touchdown. He also threw a pick six. Um, you know, rough moments in the preseason. He's coming back from the knee injury. Guys, keep an eye on this. Uh, Nick Mullins is Kyle Shanahan's type of quarterback. What? He is almost a savant when it comes to understanding the offense. He really, really uh, executes it in a way that Kyle Shanahan likes. If Jimmy Garoppolo struggles or continues to struggle and they're either losing or he's not playing well or both, I don't think it's that far-fetched that they could make a quarterback switch earlier than some people might imagine. That's crazy. I'm speechless. That's insane. If that happens this year, even if Jimmy struggles, Kyle, the the stink on Kyle would be strong. There's no way around it. It would would impact Kyle and his – he doesn't have a legacy, but his – the way he's talked about, his status. Again, Jimmy sucking would impact Jimmy. We wouldn't think Jimmy's that good anymore. But like Kyle, you get paid seven and a half million dollars to coach this player. We've seen this player be good. So if he's struggling, and you go to Nick fucking Mullins, and again, I'm pro Nick Mullins, relative to C.J. Beathard, but 
on Nick Mullins' best day, he's still not better than the Jimmy on his worst day. So, well, I don't know about that, but yeah, okay, because Jimmy's worst strong. day, <laughs> Jimmy's worst day, Jimmy's worst day, yeah, yeah. But here's the thing, guy. You just this even being talked about. Silver's not just pulling this out of his ass. He knows the Shanahan family. We've already talked about. It, it was clear that Kyle had to be down on Jimmy after the preseason. But and in fairness to what Silver's saying, like Jimmy just had a shitty game. He wasn't good. And if they had played a good team, they would have lost. You know. And I think Jimmy'd probably tell you that. Like he wasn't good. So he's got to get better. And it starts this week. And I got news for you. The Bengals. Which I, you know what was crazy when the season started. We went. You got to beat the ba- you got to beat the Bucks because then you're going to be able to beat the Bengals. You'll be two and zero. Well, I think it's pretty clear that the Bengals are better than the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Especially like, is it crazy that by Thursday night Carolina's kicking the shit out of them? Even though I said I would take the Bucks, but you never know. Uh, and all of a sudden, the Bengals, who easily could have won that game in Seattle, guy easily. I mean, had a chance. They late in the game down. They were down four points. It was twenty-one seventeen. They were at like the five yard line. They just couldn't. They couldn't get it in the end zone. They ended up kicking a field goal, twenty to twenty one. That was ended up being the final score. But it was there to be had. Now one of the touchdowns, one of the John Ross, like the long John Ross bomb, was yeah. the end of the first half, and the guy well, just tried to high point it. So it was. But to me, you you go to Seattle and don't get your ass kicked just to start with. Like I'm impressed. Guy, they, no, they were shoving Seattle around. So yeah, I mean they are. They're physical. Their front four is good. They're, they have, I mean, Joe Mixon, Giovanni Bernard, John Ross. They got some weapons. Say what you want. I, I was thinking this watching them. Would Kyle rather have Andy Dalton than Jimmy? Like, Andy Dalton is Kyle's type quarterback. And running that system for Zach Taylor, who's a pretty impressive guy, he looked pretty good. But you can't, like, you paid this guy way too much money. You're Unless he gets hurt, you, the ship's going down. As you said, Jeremy Pruitt said, the Titanic will sink and Jimmy will be driving the boat. Or else... Fucking, they'll be sh- like, Kyle, you're not Mr. You're not your dad. Like, you don't get to, I mean, you do get to dictate stuff, but you don't have the equity around these parts where people, people would turn on you fast, man. People are already a little like, what's going on? Well, yeah. look, let's start, not people, let's start with you and me, because we have sung Kyle's praises at different points of this tenure, because we believe, uh, well, first of all, we've talked to a number of people who play for him. We've read quotes from other people, right? But the level of, uh, um, the level to which the people who have played for him talk about his offensive uh, knowledge is incredible. Now, we've also talked a lot about who's making player personnel decisions for a long time. But the one thing we always go back to is, but we know you're a great offensive coordinator. This, to me, this is too much too soon here for Mike Silver. Because like you told me before the podcast, is Mike Silver just connecting dots? Going like, you know, I mean... Nick Mullins was good, and I wouldn't be shocked. Like that's not how good reporters operate. Good reporters don't take guesses. Good reporters not, and have not, not, background and not with a quarterback making Jimmy type money. And it's to me, it is crazy that this early in the season, as ba- as bad as he was in the preseason, and the fact that he wasn't particularly impressive during the Bucks, I don't think he was bad enough against the Bucks to even get close to warranting this conversation already existing. Especially because we've seen bits and pieces of Nick Mullins, and we've seen bits and pieces of Jimmy, and like you said, Jimmy's best is far better than Nick Mullins' best. And and I think it, what the reflection to me on Kyle would be like, dude, the fact that you're giving up on a guy whose ceiling is clearly higher so quickly and turning on a guy so quickly, are you ever going to be able to just 
settle on a player and just work through the inevitable ebbs and flows that come with of just a season and a career. Jimmy well, Garoppolo has not played that much football. So for you, like I know they can get out of the contract after this year and on and on and on and on and on. But it's it's week one and week two. Well, guy, the experience. To, say, to, to Ky- quote Eric Burns, it's week one. Well, guy, look at Jimmy or look at Kyle's experience. He had Matt Schaub. Then he goes to Cleveland and he hates everyone, but he has Brian Hoyer. Then he goes to Atlanta. He has Matt Ryan. When he was in Washington, they could not get rid of RG3 fast enough for Cousins. Like That's the type guy he wants, guy. He does not want this kind of live-by-the-seat-of-your-pants player. And then on top of that, when that player is shitty, he's going to extra hate him. Like it's, it's pretty clear, guy. Kyle has a doghouse. And Kyle's doghouse, yeah. it's pretty difficult to get out of. It's, to me, that's been the most maybe illuminating thing of this Kyle Shanahan tenure is like when he's down on you, he's out. That's like, and that's where Jimmy, I think is down a slippery slope right now. Like for the, my DraftKings lineup, I'm just, I might just take Jimmy. Maybe I won't, but if I do, it would be based on, he's just bound to have a good game. And I think he kind of knows like, God, I got to play well. This motherfucker get rid of me. Yeah. I just, that's the other part of this is like, I'm all for coaches challenging players and all that, but. I don't know, man. It's it's is this what Jimmy is this does this help Jimmy succeed right you now? You know what this has you know what Kyle has a feel like too right now? Remember when Gruden, the way people talked about Gruden for so long because he hadn't coached, he had just been out and people were like, never forget, like in Tampa, it can get weird with him. Like he gets down on guys, he hates rookies, and like Kyle's kind of developing, if he doesn't win, a little bit of an like his resume, right? His talking points. Like when you Describe me Kyle Shanahan. You hit on a couple, you know, talking points. Like he wants a robotic, uh, a robotic quarterback. You know, when he, he's going to miss on draft picks, then he's going to hate him immediately, right? It's like his talking points are kind of getting set here. Now this season, he has the opportunity to kind of shake some of them. But if it is a struggle, and I when I say a struggle, if they go anything less than eight and eight, it feels like he's going to be miserable. And there's going to be some hate, and he's going to kind of blame people. And when I say people, I mean players. Yeah. I mean, and we saw it feels too early for this, but well, yeah, and that's like I don't think this is must win in Cincinnati, mainly because I kind of like the Bengals in this game. But I do think I'm, this is a pretty big game for Kyle. Like, can you get Jimmy going? Can you you spend a week in Youngstown, Ohio? Can you guys remember the famous story about Eric Spolstra with Pat Riley during that? Uh, championship run when LeBron was wearing him out like year one and Pat Riley just calls him up to his office not his office like they were on the road might have been in the playoffs like the second round and they were down 2-1 to the Pacers and he Eric Spolster walks into his suite and Pat Riley was just sitting there with two chairs and an open bottle of wine and he's like we just sat there and cashed it we didn't really say much and he just relaxed me and I, I do think there's something with Kyle you're away like hey Kyle Maybe get out of the office because no one gives a shit how much you know, as Belichick would say. It's how much the players know. Maybe just go get a couple cocktails with Jimmy and just have like a heart-to-heart or something. I don't know if that's Kyle style, but you're a coach. You're, you're not the gentleman. This isn't like I, I was – I have zero emotional connection really to any players. And if I was like – whenever when I was in the league, if like I ever get to be a GM, be rootless, cutthroat. You can be that way when you're like a front office guy. As a yeah. coach, you – Unless you're Belichick, there is a lot of human interaction, right? Like there is, 
when I just watched Drew Brees and Peyton, or when I was watching the Chiefs game on Sunday morning, and, you know, remember we used to crush McVay? I, I don't know if you did. I definitely did. And I was like, eh, because he, he went to the, uh, to the water cooler, you know, when the defense was on. And the more and more I watch football, like Andy was doing the same shit with Mahomes. Like every time, like, yeah, I mean, you pay your defensive coordinator, your quarterback's your most important guy. Like he's just always with Mahomes. And you just see Mahomes, he does the classic thing to Andy too, where he's always smiling at him, shaking his head and be like, yeah, it's my, my fault. <laughs> but there is, if you ask Mahomes right now or Drew Brees, how much confidence and how much rapport they have with their head coach, who's also their play caller, when you, they'd be like, it was really high. And that's an example of one super old guy and one super young guy. Like, if you had to guess, if, if me, you, and Jimmy were sitting there and we each poured a stiff drink, and we'd be like, is Kyle tough on you? And I don't mean tough like, like Belichick being tough, but just where you feel like it's not safe at times. And when I say, like, safe, like, am I, is this guy going to fucking get rid of me? thought like, we're in the trust tree, yeah. Yeah, it's one thing to be on pins and needles. Like, when everyone describes the Patriots, that the first thing you learn right away, and it, there's been a million articles on this, the first time that every new player sees Brady get yelled at. It's like, oh, shit. That's everyone's line. Like, it keeps it. But I, Brady, Belichick still trusts him and goes to war with him and supports him at the highest possible level, externally. Maybe internally there have been moments. Like, I wonder if, you know, Kyle and Jimmy have like this, the relationship feels like it's getting a little weird. It's all I'm saying. And a lot of it's just because of Jimmy. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's look, because not as people, it's Jimmy's play. We, we talk so much about what people do say about Kyle as an offensive coordinator, which is like he is Nostradamus when it comes to predicting what's going to happen. Well, we never talk about what – there's not a lot of like, dude, Kyle rallies the room. and You know, that's fine. Some coaches are better at one thing. Some coaches are better at another. But you need some of it. And I think the harder thing to replace is the rally the room. It, just in the sense that if you're a head coach that's rally the room guy, you can just hire an OC and hire a DC, and you don't have to be the guy that calls every play. Harbaugh. But it, yeah. Um, but you do have to be – you are managing personalities. Like – and this is where baseball, we always talk about, you're 162 games. Like, you cannot just manage off the spreadsheet. You can't do it. So, we, I'll tell you this story. We had the meeting with Terry Francona before the YouTube game on Tuesday. And we were talking about Puig. You know, did you see the other day, Puig didn't run out a ground ball back to the pitcher. Did not even that. take a step towards, he did not even take a step towards first base, John. He had to turn the dugout? Turn around and walk to the dugout. It was not a line drive. It bounced. Pitcher picked it up, threw him out at first. Everyone's like, what? Like, I've never seen that before. Yeah. So what does Francona do? Freak out? No. Somebody else, one of the players goes up. Carlos Santana goes up to Puig and is like, dude, you got to run. And Puig after the game was like, that was stupid. Like, Puig owned it after the game. That was dumb. So what does Francona do? He just saw one of the players kind of get on him. So Francona tells the story. He's like, so I see him down there. I look down in the dugout, and he's sitting there with his head down. So I walk up to him, and I punch him in the chest. Like, I hit him really hard in the chest. He's like, and Puig kind of pops up like, is this dude about to fight me? And I just looked at him and said, you're fine, man. It's over. It's good. Don't worry about it. And he walked off. He's like, Puig has apologized to me seven times about that since. And I keep telling him, you're fine. You're fine. So take a step back. Puig infuriates everybody. (laughs) Right? Like, you think about it. You're like, God, he must be so hard to manage. So Francona, understanding that, decides, I'm going to let a player handle it. I'm going to be the good cop in this situation. And you know, you think Jimmy doesn't know that he's been awful? Of course he does. I don't know. Kyle, like that shot of Kyle getting on him the other day, 
during the game. Like, I just don't know if that's what Jimmy needs. I don't know if that's what Jimmy needs right now. Well, I, isn't it fair to say it has to be more intimidating as Brady's backup, like just every day kind of walking on pins and needles, because you're not a starter, so they can get rid of you at any moment. You see in your three and a half years, I mean, every day there's a guy getting cut. And just like, oh, it's Bill being Bill. Like, keep fucking, you better know these random quiz questions he's going to ask you. Like, who was the, the Patriots starting guard in 97? All the weird, like, there is no building probably in sports history, definitely in modern day, that keeps you more on your toes than New England. Like, the, every player, even Tom, has talked about the standard that is held in that building. Like, as we know, the standard is not the same in Kyle Shanahan's building. I just watched them play. They had fucking 500 penalties. Belichick would have cut seven guys on Monday if that was the case. Would you agree with this? If they would have the same game and had that many penalties and looked that sloppy, something would have happened with Bill? Like, that just is not acceptable. Like, they have bad games, but... When you say, what do you mean by something would have happened with Bill? Like, they just would have cut someone. It just done something. Like, Bill just does something. Like, he just... They have, like, there is consequences for actions. That's, like, there's a reason shitty teams stay shitty because they just, like, we're just going to coach this up. And then the same thing happens the next week and nothing happens. Like, Bill immediately, like, you do something, he would have got rid of someone that would have caused that somehow. I don't know exactly, like, the specific thing he would have done, but he would have done something. Hmm. And that's the reason why everyone in that building is always on edge. So Jimmy probably felt more pressure when he was the backup than now he does the starter. Now there is a lot of pressure on him as a starter because of the money aspect. And just when you're starting quarterbacks, there's just naturally a lot of pressure. But I, I think, like you say, like Kyle, to me, and I'm not like you can yell at a mid-game, emotions are high. I get it. Someone actually DM'd me or tweeted me saying the video that you pointed out that I ended up Instagramming, if you read Kyle's words, yeah, did you notice that he said, I'll pull you? And I, I looked. I couldn't tell because I tried to decipher. I couldn't decipher his words. Uh, all right, I You'll never be able idea. to find it, but it doesn't matter. I, I, if he's saying that, that's absurd. And again, I'm not going to try to guess, but I, I don't think Jimmy is some sacred cow here. That's the, that's the scary thing. And, that's the, and the Niners don't have Jerry Jones to go, you're not allowed to pull my $27 million court. If Kyle wanted yeah. to yank him, he could yank him. That's, and that's look, a in fact, fairness, right? yeah. Do you agree with that? If, Kyle, if Jimmy had a four-pick game against the Bengals and Kyle goes, we're going to start Nick Mullins against the Steelers, I'm not saying the Jed would be happy about it or whatever, but Kyle would have the power to do it. Now, right. that could be his seminal moment where, Kyle, this might get you fired, buddy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I think that we should add this. It is possible, and we've been talking about this for a while, really since the Bronco preseason game, and really before that when we just started talking about his contract, it is possible that Jimmy Garoppolo's not a great starting quarterback like you and I have thought for a few years he has a really good chance to be, right? That is possible. It is possible. At the end of the day, Kyle is right that he's not good enough. That's possible. I, I think he even changed your verbiage there. I think oh. we, he's not a great player. To me, the question is, like, is he a high-level starter? You know, like, because there, there's probably only a handful of super, like, yeah, quote-unquote okay. great Fine. players. Fine. But I'm just saying, like, there's a chance that this, there's a chance that he deserves to be benched. That Kyle, through all the practices, all the meetings, everything he's seen, we've seen one game, goes – he is not he is not the guy that we thought we signed there's a chance that he's right about that but like you said when the replacement's Nick Mullins who we've all seen and like in the right context enough he's an undrafted he's an undrafted free agent I mean you can't start doing that week one week two you you just especially when Jimmy's has not played a lot of games and 
if we just added up all the regular season games he's played for the Niners, more have been good than bad. That's the other part. If there were, as we, you know, the, the other quarterback we're going to talk about, if they were both to the, the, they were both just free agents right now. Jimmy Garoppolo and Derek Carr were both available. And, you know, the teams that need quarterback from Tampa to Chicago and let's say the Bears were open to it and just whatever. How many of, who would, what teams would be, okay, let me, let me try to say this correctly. Who would be more heavily pursued? Would you say it'd be Carr? Just done it much longer and we've seen his high end be higher. Yeah, I he, think that's, he just, I think we he just, I, just played a lot more. He yeah, so I think much the, more film. Yeah, yeah. I think the last thing you said, too, I I think people would view the high end as higher. Plus, I I just think the experience, like the one thing that can't be denied, Jimmy, even to this point, has not played a full NFL season. Like Mitch Trubisky has played dramatically more games. So we were making our opinion based on Jimmy. The opinion we formed on Jimmy as a player were based on a, as people in baseball would say, a very small sample size. Yeah. Where, you know, it's just very small. I mean, it doesn't get much smaller. Like Baker Mayfield's played more games. Baker Mayfield's been in the league less than a year and a half. How many commercials does Baker have right now? I saw someone tweet, like, is it a little over the top? Here's the thing for Baker. When you're going to get that many commercials, you know, we talked about people having a chip on their shoulder. The one thing NFL players have a chip on their shoulder about, and rightfully so, is non-quarterbacks who are good players are kind of envious of the they're, they're jealous slash like it's kind of bullshit that the quarterbacks get all the buzz and it's one thing they don't mind like Tom Brady or Drew Brees you hype those guys up but it's like you guys blow Jimmy Garoppolo like what the fuck's he done that guy gets 70 million dollars Baker Mayfield you guys PFF had him as like their fifth best quarterback in the NFL are you fucking kidding me the, the, the pride that I think teams get like the Bengals this whole week don't you think the like the, the Kansas City when they're getting ready for for Derek Carr Andy's not going like, this guy's been put on a pedestal. He's not good enough. No, the conversation is, this guy's beat us before. He's been a Pro Bowl level player. I've coached him at the Pro Bowl. We got to be locked in. I think the Bengals, if I'm the Bengals defensive coordinator, I go, who the fuck's this guy think he is? We're going to pound his ass. Yeah. Not literally, figuratively. And we're just better than him. And he's the most overrated player in the league. Like, I think you could walk up to your guys and go, this guy's the most overrated player in the league. If you guys buy into the game plan, we'll kick his ass. And I, I don't even think, like, if that audio got out, let's say if the defensive coordinator, when he walked into the team meeting today for his defense and said that, I don't think anyone, people would be like, yeah, he's got a point. Well, did you see, uh, no, and I, I think you're right. I think that stuff gets said. You would know. Um, now, you're talking about the Bengals. Did you see Vrabel after the game, after the Browns win, his locker room video? No, I, is it pretty good? It's good. I mean, it's not like Andy Reid dancing, but it's just good. And one of the things he says, and now maybe coaches say this all the time, but he—you could tell that he had told his team like they're gonna, they are gonna fuck it up. Like if you guys play a clean game, they'll they're gonna do out. some dumb yeah. shit. Yeah, they'll just do some dumb stuff. If we play disciplined, we're gonna win this football game. He didn't say it. I mean, but he kind of said it after the game, and it was clear that that was part of the message. It was like they knew they were playing a less disciplined team. There was a a shot of him guy on the sidelines after Greg Robinson kicked the dude in the face. With the bicycle kick on the ground, yeah, and they go to Vrabel, and he does. Remember the Chris Peterson when, uh, when what's his Ian Johnson scores against Oklahoma, the double fist pump, yeah, on the sideline. Vrabel did one of those when Dre Robinson really? got tossed out. So to me, I think they realize wow. that these guys are going to fucking maybe mentally break. And he was. You don't usually see yeah. another coach 
celebrate a, a guy on the opposing team getting fu- kicked out, but he did. Because I would imagine, like you said, their message were, these guys are dumb. They, they, they play dumb. They're not, they're not disciplined, and they're not. I mean, they had 18 accepted, uh, accepted penalties. And I think the question right now on Jimmy, the other thing you'd say is, he will throw us the football. That's because that's what people are saying about Jameis. That's what people have to be saying about Jimmy right now, which I wouldn't have said after 2017 when they paid him. Like that wasn't his mo. It was he was really accurate. This guy was a playmaker. People keep kind of saying like Middlecoff, I think you're overreacting a little bit. I, I don't because of what I see him play, I just I don't see anywhere near what I used to see. And maybe the guy that I used to see, I was looking at on rose colored glasses, but I don't feel I well, was. Well, I don't think so, man. I. Uh, it's concerning. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.